give up completely my maiden name. <laughs> you know, I, the first Adam gave me my name. The second Adam gave me a way out of that name, but then also proposed to me. I, no maiden name of no world, no earthly anything. We completely lay down. Any vestige of any name that does not emanate from your mouth. My name is your name. No. Your name. So, 
So I just wanted to finish with that sound tonight before Anna comes up to minister. And then I want to prophesy over you because I felt like when I came in tonight, there was so much anticipation and expectation. It's so good for us to be here. Really re being refreshed as we're here because we just sense the, the maturity in a lot of levels. We sense the hunger in a lot of levels. We sense some of the places that you've been naturally and spiritually. So, Father, I just prophesy over every person under the sound of my voice that they will experience a dimension of your love, of your presence of your wisdom that they never experienced before. Not because of a man or a woman, but because of your mercy and your grace and the season that's upon the earth right now. I stand right now before you and I tell you, we are in a time like never before. And we need to embrace what the Lord is doing because he's releasing things like never before in the face of this planet. And I'm so excited and I know you are too. Yes. So I want Anna to come and share a little bit tonight I know she's prepared for some stuff. And again, thank you so much for inviting us here. We're happy to be here. Thank you. 
speak to your spirit. And your mind has to be in operation to write down when you miss out on the spirit. So, when Jesus was among the disciples, they, they were not writing in. I don't think they were writing, they were just feeling the radiation coming out of the Lord and they wanted everything that he had. They're probably at night when you write those that you have to write. And I believe this is being recorded, right? This is being recorded? Yes. If not, somebody put a phone or whatever. And yeah, that's the good thing about technology. You can put it on your phones, you can record it. Is that loud enough for everybody, or is it a little bit? A little too high. A little too high. Let me just get that. saying, 
Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. And in this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. So the Lord is speaking here, and this is where I want to focus. He's speaking about a shaking and the removal of things that can be removed. I want you to notice that there are things in heaven that can be removed. There are things in heaven that are not perfect. I will remove things from heaven and from earth. And his voice, and this is why it's so important to really enter and understand the power of the prophetic and the power to understand who we are and the responsibility we have as being the voice of the Lord. The Lord really wants to restore the, the prophetic in this nation and in the world because it has been so corrupted and it's unbearable. I mean, the things that are being said, it's like it's, it's unbearable with absolutely no knowledge of God. And the exciting thing here, and as we were worshiping, I was seeing a door being opened in heaven. And we were, we were rejoicing because uh, they just changed their main door in their house. Yeah. And said, this is so prophetic because there is a new door. Today is a new door. And as we were worshiping, I saw the door opening and the Lord wants to take you to places. Heaven is not just the throne room or the judgment room. There are so many places in heaven where you can go. And there's, there are new ways that are opening through this door that you're going to be penetrating. And I'm going to speak about some of these things. So you can start walking into those directions, okay? So here I want you to understand that the Lord is speaking about a shaking of things that needs to be removed. I want to see yourselves as earth. We are earth. We were made by the dust, the dust of the earth by God. So we're earth. When God created the earth and he blew his spirit over the earth, the light shone over the land. Everything was contained with his spirit. Amen. After the fall, there was a void that separated heaven and earth. And in this void, it was occupied, obviously, by the demonic forces to rule the earth. And the same thing happens to humanity. We come from God, we come from being in the presence of God. We have a whole destiny, a whole design that was created by God before the foundation of the world for each and every one of us. And as we enter earth into our mother's womb, we enter in the fullness of purity of a spirit that just came from watching God day and night. From being a perfect being we enter into our mother's womb. And from that moment on, we're going to learn the ways of this world. In school, through our parents, through everything that was corrupted, they're going to teach us their ways. And as we learn the ways of the world, there's going to be voids 
that are going to start to happen inside of our spirits. And we start to become like a Swiss cheese if we picture <laughs> something. And those voids, and that's why people that don't know God, they feel the void. Because there's a lot of void there. Once we come to Jesus, every void needs to be filled with his light. It's not just, oh, I received Jesus, now I'm a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, there are people that think like that. They said, really? Look at your life? You don't look like a light bulb. <laughs> but, but, but people learn theology, and theology tells you those kind of things. And the discrepancy between the reality of what they think they, they believe and who they really are is humongous. So there are things the Lord wants us to understand because I do believe in a new generation. And we're giving our lives and paying a tremendous price to really lift up a generation that is real. A generation that truly knows the Lord and truly knows the light of the Lord. So there are areas inside of all of us that has to be filled with light. And we need to recognize those areas and allow that light. So uh, he says, I will come and shake the things that are shakeable. Now us, as a community, we also represent the land, the land of Atlanta, right? Mm -hmm. Atlanta also, in the designs of God, has a very beautiful design. And it is out of the songs of God that that design needs to come to pass to the land. But the same way that happens in our lives, the land has had several impacts of, of the word of the Lord. The Lord has been wanting to do things many times in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. and, but because of the worldly ways of men, because of history, because of evil, the land also becomes filled with these voids. And as we walk in, uh, through Atlanta, we could see those voids everywhere. When someone that has been very meaningful in the kingdom of God departs to be with the Lord, that person was occupying a huge place in the heavenly dimensions. And we just saw the departure of Billy Graham. And his spiritual presence in this nation was very, very important. His departure already left a tremendous void in the land. Those that have understanding will occupy that void. Not to copycat as the Billy Graham, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about the presence of God in our life, the influence of God in our life. I mean, so we are the, at the threshold of that particular moment. Today he was put in the ground, yeah. amen. And we are in a land that is a hub for so many things. It's a center. Mm -hmm. We were driving, uh, AC was casually talking, and he says, nothing comes through except it, cross, it comes through Atlanta. And when he said that, the Holy Spirit hit me. And he says, that is true in the spirit. And this is a hub also for new things that the Lord wants to do. And the Lord wants to establish a hub of very powerful angels and path builders for this nation. 
the paths of this nation has been broken. The Lord created a nation, or wanted a nation, that was a nation for his glory. We come from the first coast where the Huguenots came. And that's why it's called the first coast. Because the Huguenots arrived there a hundred years prior to the pilgrims. And they consecrated the land to be a land of worship. And then the Spaniards came and killed all the, the, the Huguenots. Hundred years after that, the pilgrims come. So when you see the cycle of hundred years, something is renewed. And as you were saying, we are this year, last year, at the threshold of the hundred years where Atlanta burned. So rather that repeats again, and we're going to face a disaster, or we occupy the void, amen, and this is what we have to understand, that our responsibility as prophetic people, as sons of God, is not just praying, oh God, please bless the land, and I know you're beyond that, but, I, but I'm talking to the land. Yeah, yeah. Know, some things I talk to you, some things I talk to the land, because someone in the land will hear. Amen. But we have to take the, the responsibility of understanding the timings to occupy the void. Amen. And I believe the same way the hubs is like a, like a core where many paths go to everywhere. That's what's going to happen here in God. And there's going to be a hub of angels. It's already been assigned. And through your prayers, you're going to build back the pathways so the glory of God will fill back America. This is how important it is what you are doing here. So this is not just a, a little group wanting to know more God. God called you for a very special moment in history. And I don't see a lot of young people in the flesh. I see a lot of young people in the spirit. Do <laughs> you understand that? The youth in the spirit fills up the dust. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we like that. Let me tell you a mystery. I'm going to tell you, this is not my sermon, but let me tell you a mystery. Because a lot of people say, oh, dust called to the dust. We're going to the dust. I'm not going to the dust. I'm not of the dust. You're of the dust when you're of this world. But Jesus came to establish a kingdom that is not of the dust. And he says, those that have died and resurrected with him are like angels. So dust calls unto dust, but glory calls unto glory. Amen. Whether you belong to the glory or you belong to the dust. And which voice is louder? Because the voice of the dust is very loud. It's the voice that speaks fear. is the voice that speaks death. Because the dust is death. It's calling. You're going to go one day back to me. No, I'm not going to go back to you. I'm going back to him. But, but if you don't understand it, you will hear his voice. And you will follow his voice. And you will set your mind and your heart for that voice. Oh yeah, every person after 80, this is what happens. Oh, after 60, this is what happens. Oh, everybody, this is what happens. You know what I'm talking about? This is not what happens to the sons of God. It should not happen to us. 
We are not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. You are not of this world either. But we really have to think like aliens to this world and stop the voice of the dust and the voice of the media and the voice like this happens to everybody. Well, guess what? Thus says the Lord, you are not everybody. That's right. You're not everybody. You're a chosen one. With an amazing destiny. And even if you think, oh, I'm old, well, you're not old. You can live a long time, at least 120 years. That's what the Bible says. That, we, that what the Lord said, that we will live 120 years. But because of this world system and all the agenda to destroy the bodies that we are in the 21st century, a lot of people die before their time. We can change things. We can reverse things. Amen. I'm going to make a prayer over the land. Father, this land is crying for death. This land is crying for injustice. This cry, this land is crying for racism. And the blood in this land is crying. And Father, ask your daughter. I ask you to remove this blood and the cry of this blood to be absorbed in the cross of Christ. And as you cleanse us, Lord, from our sins, to be white as snow, I ask you to cleanse this land from all the bloodshed, from all the curses, Lord, from former generations. And I ask you not to judge this generation with the former generation. That your blood that speaks louder, and that's what I just read, that your blood speaks louder than the blood of killing, than the blood of murdering. And I command the land of Atlanta, I command the state of Georgia to receive the sound of the voice of the blood of Christ, to silence every voice of murdering, disaster, destruction, and every false prophecy of destruction of the land in the name of Jesus Christ. And I call the blessing of the land, and I connect this land back to heaven. So
order meaning heavenly order. Amen. We can be very orderly and be totally in disorder with the light of heaven. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, this is a principle that we need to understand. So, and, and the Lord says, let it be light, and there was light. And God, verse 4, and God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. So here we're going to break this day. God, when, he, cause, cause we, when we read this from a Greek mentality, we think, oh, a day is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. But he says that he called day the light. Which light? The light of the first day. The light that was Jesus. Amen. The sun was created afterwards. So this light of the first day, God calls it light. That's why the Bible says we are sons of the day. So the day is a realm and is the realm of the kingdom. Darkness he called night. Is the realm of darkness, what we call night. Today, our twisted language called night, what is happening outside. But when God created the earth, he says it was the evening and the morning. It doesn't say it was the night and the day. It was an evening. It was a, a dusk. It was like, it was not dark. Because the light of the first day was shining all around the earth, so there was no complete darkness. Are you following me? The same way the whole earth was covered with this mist, it was covered with this light. Amen? So there was no night. So thinking this way, okay, he called night darkness, and day the light, spiritual dimensions. Night and day are spiritual dimensions. Okay? So, and verse, uh, and he separated the light from the darkness. So he made a division between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Then he says, then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters that were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Now, when we think of this, we think, oh, that is the sky. But actually, the Lord is introducing a word here that is the word we're going to see two words, the word rakia and the word shamayim. When we read this in Hebrew, we see two different words that represent heaven. So the Lord created the shamayim. The shamayim was the realm of the heavens. Amen? Where he spoke the light. Are you with me? Okay. So he says, now let it be a firmament. 
that divide the waters from beneath from the waters from above. And this word firmament here is the word rakia. Now, rakia is going to be very important, and I'm going to describe what this is. But let's move on to verse 14. And it says, Then God said, Let, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens. The firmament of the heavens? It's like if I said, let it, let it be fish in the waters of the ocean. An ocean cannot be an ocean if it's not made of water. How can it be a firmament within a firmament? Are you with me? Because I'm, I'm going deeper here. Okay. So, let us make a firmament. So, let there be lights. So, he's going to speak a different word of light here. In the rakia of the shaman. So, inside of this, imagine this whole dimension of happiness. And in that dimension, he's going to create an inner dimension, and he's going to create this light. Okay. Again, when you read this with a Greek mentality, you think he's going to create the sun, the moon, and the stars. I'm going to show it's not the truth. It's not the case. All this part, up to this point, that we're speaking about the heavenly dimensions. Up to this point, he has not created anything on the earth. He's first reordering the heavens so he can reorder the earth. In our lives, he needs to reorder our spiritual life so our physical life can be in order. Does that make sense? Okay. So, so let there be light, and this light is going to be the word manor, or luminaries. There is be lights in the firmament, in the rakia of the shamaim, to divide the day from the night. What did we say the day and the night was? It was the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. So this has nothing to do with the physical sun that shines in the, in the natural universe. Amen? Because these are to divide the day and the darkness. Spiritual And let them be for signs and seasons, and for days and years, and let them be for light in the rakia of the Shamaim, to give light on the earth. So these lights, we're going to say, these are entities, I'm going to tell you what these entities are. And these entities have a mission, and the mission is to give light, what kind of light? The light of Christ into the earth. Okay. So, and let them be for lights in the and let them be for lights in, in the rakia of the shaman to give light to the earth, and it was so. Then God made two great lights: the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. What was the day and the night again? Spiritual places. So he's not talking about the sun and the moon, which everybody will read. Amen? We are de going diving into the Genesis. All right. Okay. Okay. And, um, and here, and, you see, and 
the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And God set them in the rakia of the Shamaim to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good. Now here we see a very interesting verb, which is the verb to rule. Rule is an intelligent verb. Matter with no intelligence doesn't rule. <laughs> the ball of fire shining in the firmament doesn't rule. Gives heat, gives light, but it's not ruling what happens on the earth. Are you with me? Yeah. And this is to rule. Rule means to govern. And it's putting them to divide the two realms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Okay? So he created the stars, and he was, uh, and the Lord saw that he was good, and it was the morning and the evening of the fourth day. Okay, so I'm going to stop there, and we're going to see now who are these entities. And let's go to Isaiah 14. Okay, so in this Rakia, 
what happened. The rocket is the government of God. It's where all the angels are ruling in the throne. So, I said, imagine this huge dimension of heaven, and inside there is this realm called the rakia. Inside the rakia, there's the throne of God, and there's all everything that has to do with the government and the rulership of God. When man fell, when Adam fell, with Eve, what happened in the void that was separating heaven and earth, the devil saw the void, and he said, I am going to occupy the void, and I'm going to create a rakia for myself. And the third part of the angels, or of the sons of God, that were the stars, fell with Satan, and they made a false rakia also in the Shalayim. So now the Shalayim has two rakias. It has the real rakia, and has the false rakia. And that's why, from the beginning, the devil wanted every civilization to worship the sun, and to worship the moon, and to worship the constellations and the star, and to be the signs. And we enter the era of Aquarium and the era of the what and Adam. And all of this is ruling. I mean, you talk to all these people that understand this era and this firmament and this nonsense, and they are ruling. He said, no, because when the stars are like this, like this, like that, then this is happening on the earth, and they make all their, their calculations. They understand the rakia of evil. And the devil makes sure that the mind and the heart of people connected to these entities. Amen. Okay. So in this heavenly rakia, which is where God is ruling, they're not only the angels of God, but we're going to see that there is almost no difference between the sons of God, that is us, and the angels. Come with me to to Numbers 24. Like shiny stars in the 
Rakyat. So in the Rakyat is your stars and are the angels. Amen. And that is why it's so important to understand the light and the void. And stop here. Follow me to Second Peter. More slowly because And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns in the morning star, and the morning star rises in your hearts. So here we see the development of light inside of a believer. So we come to Christ, but that doesn't mean the morning star is shining in our hearts. That's what it says, until you grab hold of the prophetic word, which is the Old Testament, until the morning star rises. What is the path of the righteous? The path of the righteous is like the light in the morning that rises up onto the full day. What scripture is that? Which one? Like, first Peter, no, second Peter 119. 119, sorry. 119. Okay? So, it is very important to understand how the light operates and how the same way it says that the light shines in a dark place, remember the voids? The light has to shine in the dark places. The light has to shine in the places of your fears. The light has to shine in the places where you don't know how to heal yourself. Because the Lord paid for your healing. You are to live in divine health. So if something is telling you, oh no, no, you have to have this sickness because every person after this age and your mother has this and your father has this and the doctor said this, that's not the word of God. That is not, that is a void, that's darkness speaking to you. So you need to allow the light of the Christ to shine in those areas until you, yeah, nothing can touch me, I am light. <laughs> and you become the light. And then the bacteria come and cannot touch you. And touches you and start to scorch. We have seen it, how it scorches as it touches our body. Because we have allowed that light to fill those voids. And, and in that light, we see the voice of the Lord, the voice shines like a light to remove everything that is removable, every sickness is removable. Every sickness is man-made from a light that came from a pit of hell. 
the light shines. You see the Christ absorbing in him every sickness, every pain, everything that comes, and the light saying yes, and your body saying yes, and the healing starts to happen. And that void of fear disappears. Oh, my doctor said this, what am I going to do? He said I have to go to surgery. Ready to go to surgery. No, brother and sister. That's not the path of the righteous. Blessed be the surgeons to help and save lives to those that don't know the fullness of the Christ. They are needed. They are needed for the little ones that doesn't have faith. They are needed. But once this morning star shines in your heart, once you you enter into the realms of the light and allow the light to fill the voids. Amen. Little by little, you're not going to need anything the world can provide because everything will be provided by heaven. This is the truth. This is the truth. And we need to love the truth. Because we say, I love Jesus. But when I have to face the truth, I doubt the truth. Then I'm doubting Jesus. He's the truth. The spirit of truth is here. As I'm speaking, the spirit of truth is just, just touching people and, and, and then just robbing people all over. So we are also stars. And it was a common, a common knowledge in the Old Testament. Remember when uh, Joseph had the dream? And he comes very proudly to his father and says, Hey, I have a dream. Oh, yeah, really? So what you dream? Oh, I saw 11 stars bowing at me and the sun and the moon bowing to me. And Jacob gets all mad. He says, How do you dare to say that me and your mother are going to bow to you? <laughs> they understood perfectly that they were related to this heavenly body. Ready to go deeper? Yes. That's why you brought us here. Now you better with us. Go to me to 1 Corinthians. Chapter 15. First, first Corinthians chapter 15, which is the chapter of the resurrection. in the spirit and not in the Greek mentality. So used to hear all this nonsense. I'm going to hear the spirit. Okay. So, um, verse 38. But God gives in a body as he pleases, and to each see its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of man another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. And there are also celestial bodies. He's not speaking about plants. He's speaking about the resurrection. He's speaking, the question is, how is the resurrection going to take place? 
So there's no place to say, oh, there are planets and there are these nebulas. It's out of subject. He says, they are speaking, okay, I'm going to speak to you about the resurrection. So it says, let me read them before, so we get the cool thing. 35. But somewhere we say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but a mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases. So you have the grain. The grain doesn't look like this plant. The grain is what went to the grain. The natural body is what goes to the earth. What goes out is a totally different design. Can you see that? So it's not a little ghost that resurrected, or you're going to come back with her own, own wrinkles and her, <laughs> the mold that you hated so much. There it is! That is foolish. Foolishness. Use the word foolish. What you saw, I'm going to go to the grid. What I saw is not what rises. And he's going to speak about the bodies. God gives the bodies. So he's speaking about the flesh. And then it says, and there are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. Again, he's speaking about resurrection. He's not speaking about planets. So there are celestial bodies and there are terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. And there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. So how is going to be your resurrection according to the shining of your heavenly body? Your heavenly body is not your spirit. Paul very well understand the word spirit. And when he wants to use the word spirit, your spirit, soul, and body, your spirit, this, follow the spirit, he uses the word spirit. Now he's using here a different word, which is celestial body. Okay? So you have a celestial body. You have a spirit, but you also have a parallel in heaven which is your celestial body that is receiving from your spirit whatever wow. glory is released from here wow. to there. Bible, the books that needs to be there. Her life. 
Because the Bible mentioned books, and they're hidden in the in the in the in the Vatican, in the London Museum, and all these places, and 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 we just put it aside because Athanasio. <laughs> but that, no, because this is incredible. You know, Athanasio was a bishop in the early church, and he's the one by himself who decided what were the books that should be the Bible. One man. Yeah. One man without the Holy Spirit decided. And then he gathered together all his people and everybody voted, yeah, Athanasio, you are right because you were not mess with that. And that's how we have the Bible that we have. No, that's serious. That is serious. I mean, when you study what these guys did, it's horrendous. Horrendous. Anyway, Enoch should be. <laughs> Let me read you some, some scripture of Enoch talking about these luminaries, these lights. And it says, and I think this is the chapter, I think 18 or 19 of Enoch. It says, And I saw the mansions of the lights or the luminaries. I saw the mansions of the lights and the treasures of the stars. You know, you not only have a heavenly body, but your heavenly body has a treasure that you have never reached out because you never knew you had it. And you cannot reach out to something that you don't know you have. Did you know it? Now you know it. Okay, and I saw the treasures of the stars and of the thunder and that are in the in the furthermore parts of the abyss. For there is the ark of fire, the arrows, and the fiery sword with all the lightnings. And another verse says, and I saw the mountains of darkness of winter, and the place where all the, the waters flow from, from the abyss. And I saw the winds and those who hold the clouds over the earth. And I saw the paths, the paths of the angels. And I saw in the ends of the earth the rakia of the Shamayim. Now, we're advancing here. Wow. Okay. So, let's go to this right here. Let's go to Ezekiel. Says in twenty in twenty six, 
and above the rakyan over their heads was the likeness of a throne in appearance, like a sapphire stone. On the likeness of the throne was a likeness within the appearance of a man high above it. The word here is the word rakyan. So the rakyan is this firmament of lights that are angels, there is God himself, and that is us. Wow. Actually, if you go deep in the book of Enoch, you're going to see that the sun has different names, has four different names. It's manifest in four different ways, also the moon. Now, what is the moon? Because the devil, all the queen of heaven, the moon, and all the Islam, and all these things. But if we go to, uh, to Song of Songs, Song of Songs, chapter 6. Let's see what the Lord says. What's the moon? Checkbook. <laughs> I have the keys of the treasures. Come on. 
was a different story. I have ownership of everything he has because I am Mrs. Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And heaven knows. And heaven knows. And when I penetrate the realms of hell, all hell backs up because Mrs. Ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. Hallelujah. No maiden name. Mrs. King of Kings. 
They're a different experience. Because all this, this nonsense of, oh, let's just bask in his presence. There's intimacy. The Lord doesn't have intimacy with a bride. That would be fornication. Right or wrong? It's until you're married that you can have intimacy. Right? So, Lord, straight up. Straight us up. Straight out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Little things 
Don't you know that you will judge angels? It doesn't say that you will judge demons. Amen. Demons were judged by Christ in the cross. And we just apply the manifold wisdom of God to keep them out of the way. But the judgment has already happened. But we will judge angels. We were in, uh, in Germany at the 500 years of the Reformation of Martin Luther. Of course, we didn't go there to resurrect the anointing of Martin Luther. No, no, believe me, there was a whole bunch of people that went to do that. I don't know, I cannot imagine what happened. But you want to know. But we were there, and the Lord showed me very clearly that when the Lord started the church, there was a tremendous amount, trillions of angels were given to the early church to establish the church. And, uh, and those angels started to be corrupted. That's why when you read the book of Revelation, you see the Lord shows up and she says, write to the angel of the city. Because he's not doing his job. Tell him that he needs to tell the people to come back to their first law. Tell them that they're bowing like, like Bala to money. Tell them that they're following Jezebel. Tell them, write to the angels before they get totally corrupted. So we have an interaction with angels. And it's not all we're going to become worshippers of angels. I'm not talking about that. Be very careful with that. They're our servants. What I'm trying to say here is that there's a lot of angels in America that has been corrupted. And that's why we cannot advance the way we, we want to advance. Because the good angels are bound. And the ones that are corrupted are the ones that continue to corrupt the church. And they're putting a stop for the new things. Because they know that we know. That we can judge them. So no, 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 no. We don't want any prophetic teaching here. No, 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 no. no. We don't want that. No, we don't want that. Oh, we have this sound doctrine here. We got Christ from the, from the church. We got the sound, the sound doctrine here. So this is, this is very, very important. And I believe here, there is an angel, and I've been sensing this angel that was assigned to Martin Luther King. And it was an angel that helped him with his dream and to bring forth the unity between the black and the white. And uh, after that, something is happening. Rather, that angel is bound which I believe is his bound. And racism is rising again because he was bound. So if we understand the paths of the angels, and like I said in the beginning, not me, but the Lord, this is a hub of angels to restore the paths throughout America. So I'm not pretending that you're going to understand everything I'm saying right now. But I know the seeds, the correct seeds, are being planted in your spirit. Amen. And you will be moving in that direction. And you will see the paths. And you will see. And it's like a grid. But we need to rebuild it. That's what it says in Isaiah 61. It says that we shall rebuild the broken paths. The, the paths of desolation. Because they have been desolated. Amen. That's why the greatest uh, prophet was John the Baptist. Because he came and he prophesied the paths. Mm -hmm. The paths.
that's for the Christ. So the prophetic people, it is part of the prophetic anointing, the restoration of the past. So the angels can move back and forth throughout America. And this is a hub of angels, a hub to restore those, those lines. Like if you see like the, those maps of, of, the, of the airlines, with all these lines, that is the design of Atlanta to create from here all these pathways. And you can be ministering through angels all the way to Seattle, all the way to Los Angeles, all the way to Texas. Amen. And we can do amazing things from this place. Wow. If we understand how to move with the angels. This is so, so powerful. The angels fought against Israel. And we need to mobilize angels to fight against all this homosexual agenda, this, all this destruction agenda, all these agendas that the devil has. But if we mobilize the right angels, amen. And the Lord will begin understanding because the door is open. The door is open to understand the paths, the orbits. Because the devil, the devil has its orbit. It's called the greed of the world. Probably have you are into spiritual mapping and all those things, you probably have seen the greed of the world. You have not. It's not like a very interesting documentary in our in our ministry, in which I speak about the greed and how it's organized throughout the world very powerful. Speaking about the ley lines and yes. the pathways mm -hmm. of the energy. Okay. So Let's see. Let's go to Isaiah 47. and the monthly pronosticators stand up and save you from what you shall come up, where you can come upon you. Now, if you read the, the, the original, what it really says here is those that make themselves in agreement with the stars of this false flag. What they do is they enter in agreement with the stars of the false rock. Mm -hmm. And that's how they can pronosticate. That's how they, the stargazers can, can see and say, this is what's happening. We are seeing this constellation. That means there's a tsunami and I don't know what. Because they're getting in agreement with the voices of that shaman, of that rock. Amen? But the same way we can get in agreement yes. when we understand what the rock of heaven is saying. Because not everything is going to be spoken by the Holy Spirit. Because if we have the Holy Spirit, why do we need the angels? Right? They're lesser creatures. We are sons of God. They're our servants. So why, why do we need angels? Why, why John, that was absolutely filled with the Holy Ghost, wasn't he? The angel of the Lord showed up to show him the book of Revelation. 
who was the angel of the Lord. And he sold his angels and he talked with the angels. And there was an understanding. Because there are things that angels can do that we cannot do. Remember when John was bowing before the angel? And the angel says, no, please don't bow before me. For I am a co-servant of yours and of those that are heirs of salvation. So this was not a servant. Most of the angels are our servants. This angel was not a servant. He was a co-worker. I'm a co-servant. I work alongside with you. You do the earthly things. I do the heavenly things. Your ministry is linked to me. We are co-workers for the fulfillment of your ministry on earth. So there are co-workers in the angelical host that work with us so the fulfillment of our ministry comes to pass. Amen. So there are certain things I can do here, and there are other things that they can do there in a much faster and powerful way. But the earth has been just so watered down to the realms of the mind of the earth. We lost all the power. I'm talking about really powerful things that can change this nation. If someone gets it. Amen. And I'm saying, I'm preaching to the right crowd. Here. So, those that come in agreement with the stars. Finish with this and then I'm going to do something. Let's come to uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 6. And this is the most powerful book in the Bible the book of Revelation. Unfortunately, it has been interpreted by the mind of people that have never seen heaven. And actually, it's a book written in heaven, with the language of heaven, with the experiences of heaven. So someone that has never seen heaven, tried to interpret heavenly things, they have made all kinds of errors. Because it was never meant to be read by the natural mind. And the book of Revelation has no time, because in the kingdom of God, there is no time. Time is linked to death. Time entered the earth because we were made eternal. But when man fell into sin, time entered the earth and says, You have this many years. So time and death are related. The kingdom of God has no time, it's the eternal present. I mean, everything that has happened and will happen is continually happening now. That's what we can time travel. We can go in the future and see, we can go in the past and change things in the past yeah. and repent from things and see the sources yes. of evil that, that, that destroy a whole city. Because yes. we can go deep. Mm -hmm. I remember one time we went to the Pergamon Museum in, uh, in Berlin. And I don't know if you know what is there. It's one of the most demonic places in the world. And uh, Bismarck brought together the altar of Pergamon that is written in the Bible and he brought other main satanic altars and they put it together in a, what is called an omphalo, which is a belly bottom of, of the power of darkness. And they built this museum. And when Hitler saw it, he said, 
because of the powers that are here, Germany will never be overcome. So we said, no, we have to destroy this because we cannot enter Europe with this thing is controlling everything. It was like major. It was the throne of Satan was there. So we went there and we, we have a team that worshiped for 30 days. They went to the place just in front of the museum. And for 30 days, 24-7, they worship, 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 fill the place with angels. And then we rented a, a uh, RV, RV, an RV, and we parked in the night in front of the museum. And inside there were eight prophets. So in the spirit, we penetrated the museum. And, and the Lord took us way, way in time. But there was not a building there, but there was a covenant. It means it's like in an island, and there was a covenant made. So we were time traveling to that place, and we destroyed that covenant that gave place for that museum to be built centuries ahead. And as we destroyed that, the angels were able to penetrate, and we saw the angels just hammering the walls of the of the, of the museum. And uh, so, well, it was an intense battle, I'm not going to tell all the details. But the thing is that, like, I believe three or four days after that battle, they closed the museum, and it has been closed ever since. Oh. And the reason is because the walls were crumbling down. Oh. So, so, it took away a major thing. And ever since, I mean, there has been a lot of sprouts and things happening in Europe because that thing was dealt with. So all this to say that we can go in time. So to think that heaven has a timeline, like they pretend us to, to believe when they interpret the book of Revelation, that's nonsense. Especially because the book of Revelation was not written in one, in one session. It was written through many, 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 many sessions. And the way the order is, is absolutely upside down. Yeah, so all this to say <laughs> that it is an amazing book. And if you're entering the realms of heaven, ask the Lord to really reveal this book to you from heaven because it's so different from whatever you've ever read. And it's absolutely back up with the scripture of the Old Testament. There's nothing that is like out there. Everything is confirmation, 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 confirmation with the Old Testament which is not the reality of those theologies that we have today. Anyways, Revelation 6. And here we're going to see an operation in heaven over the stars, and a judgment that was going to change the history in that time. Now, let's go back in history. And remember Jesus said, the end will come. This generation will not pass before the end will come. And he was talking not about the end of the world. He was talking about the, er the end of an era, the era of the Old Testament. Everything was coming to an end, so all things could be made new. And well, I'm not going to go into that deeply right now. But I want you just to see that in the year 66, after Christ, that generation saw a tremendous tribulation as there has never been in Israel. 
And for three and a half years, there was a tribulation so bad in Israel that ended up in the year 70 with the burning of Jerusalem. Okay, so we need to know history. If we don't know history, then we can interpret whatever. But if we know history, we can adapt to the understanding of history, what is happening here that was prophesied about. So here we see verse 12. And I look when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as, the, as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the commanders and the mighty men, every slave and every man, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. And this actually happened in the year 70. And what is what's happening here, when the mercy of the Lord, the Lord was merciful with Israel throughout the history, but it was a point that the Lord says, the day of the vengeance is coming. And there was a time when all these mighty people that crucified the Lord in those days, Amen. those were the people that pointed us as lead, as the, give us Barabbas. Killed Jesus, and they went, and they, these people were not that good. They were not. And the Lord says, I will come, and I will demand every blood of the prophets. And that he was going to come against those that shed his own blood. So, all this to say that the stars of those people were shining in the rocket until the Lord made the rakia where they were roll up wow. like a scroll. Wow. And they fell, the stars fell like the fig tree. What is the fig tree? It's a symbol of Israel. So the great and the powerful, all those people, their stars fell. And the Lord withdraw himself. And you see the sun being darkened and the moon being darkened, and it's the mercy of the Lord withdraws, so the judgment can happen. So the judgment came, and all those stars fell, and they lost their power. Now, if we understand this, we can do a lot of things in this planet. If we understand the ability we have as sons of God, and we have to hear God, it's not out of enthusiastic. Oh, I, I command the, the heavens to roll up and all the mighty will fall. No, no, no. It has to be God directed. But I believe the time is coming. And I believe this is a time of shifting. Yes. And I was telling you that when we were in Germany in the 500 years, the Lord shows all these angels that were given to the early church and all these angels that were given to the Reformation movement, they all got corrupted. That's what we have the Catholic Church the way it is. That's why the whole movement of Reformation went kaput. Because the angels were corrupted. And there was a major judgment of angels 
when the 500 years happened, and we saw a huge opening in heaven. And the Lord said, occupy, occupy now. So as the Lord was judging all these, these corrupted angels, also the church, we occupy the slot in heaven, the opening in heaven. And there was a movement in the heavens, and then it was shut up. It was just a brief moment. So we entered there, and we saw openings. And the Lord says, only those that are righteous, only those that look after me, will enter this place. Nobody else. So it was a major shifting. And then the Lord says, I am releasing for a new reformation movement, for a new day, myriads of new angels that have never been operating on the earth before. And there was this amazing, I mean, there were times in the spirit that were so, we thought we were going to die. And the release of angels was so extraordinary. And they came all over. And right now in America, we have new angels. But I do believe that we still need to, to enter that dimension and to get rid of the old, the corrupted angels so the new angels can occupy. Amen? And we need to occupy. Like I said, today is a very important day because of the death and the burial of Billy Graham. And I believe we are in a perfect time of occupation. And we need to occupy the void. And we need to occupy the light and truth. Amen? And call in the new angels so that we can start to see a change in America. The change in America has to come from the heavenly places. It's not going to come because this great ministry, this great ministry, this television, Let's start in the desert. No. It's going to come because people understand heaven. And people understand how to operate in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to leave it here because we have two more days. And I really want to, to find a time in the spirit to do this. Because I believe we're in the right place to do it. And the Lord is going to grant us. Yeah. And I think one of the greatest things that needs to happen is we need to unbind the angel that was given to Martin Luther. Amen. To Martin Luther King. Yeah. Unbind. I think we've this strife and this this movement against black and black and whites again because they bind him. And that's what happened. Nobody occupied the void. So he went to be with the Lord. Nobody occupies the void. They take over. Only the right spot. And we're not going to leave that spot void. That's right. So, Father, I thank you for what you're doing here. I thank you for every word that has been spoken. Even those things that were not understood, Lord, that you give them the understanding, that those seeds that came from heaven will grow inside of them, that their level of understanding, the ways and the paths, understanding the paths of heaven, the understanding that the paths of light and the paths of darkness, that they will get it. And we will see here something that will touch this nation thoroughly. 
thank you for the privilege, Lord. You will bless each and every one of my brothers and sisters here.